coming up in this episode. Because of the WikiLeaks, the Edward Snowden leaks, and many other unauthorized dumps of intelligence too numerous to mention. Terrorists, spies, hackers, smugglers, they're all talking very quietly on the dark web. Beyond that, we've got prison. And what they're talking about has caught even the NSA off guard. The information that uh, Snowden leaked caused immediate risk and long-term risk to the safety of, uh, of Americans around the world. One immediate byproduct of that risk is that terrorists now know how the NSA tracks them, so they've made adjustments. They have said, I need to change my, uh, my the way that I communicate in order to avoid uh, being detected by NSA. And the leader of the U.S. government's task force into the Edward Snowden leaks, who also happens to be the deputy director of the National Security Agency, does not like what he's seeing, reading, or hearing. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Got a very graphic situation. San Bernardino. Upwards of 14 people that are dead. We are now investigating these horrific acts as an act of terrorism. Paris. An attack on all of humanity. The Islamic State. I'm back, Obama. They I'm want back. you to imagine them in the shadows as something greater than they are. Hostile nation states. They can't inflict mortal damage to the United States. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. This is Target USA. America in the crosshairs. Whether it's anarchist, cyber criminals, nation states, or terrorist, America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. I'm J.J. Green, previously on Target USA. Belgium's ambassador to the U.S. told us the Brussels cell is finished. Without saying that we are victorious on the whole picture, that network, I think, is basically dismantled. But Johan Verbecke said there are survivors of that network lurking in the shadows. There may be still some people around that we have to look at together with the other intelligence services, how we catch them. We also have to be very vigilant to see whether some other networks may be working in the periphery of that close central network. So still work to be done. And a part of that work is keeping up with the way in which they communicate. And on this program, a stunning confirmation from the National Security Agency. Because of the leaks, in some cases, terrorists are one step ahead of them. My name is Ed Snowden. I'm uh, 29 years old. I work for Booz Allen Hamilton as an infrastructure analyst for NSA uh, in Hawaii. Uh, I've been. Uh, it was June 9th, 2013, a day uh, most in advisor, the intelligence community in the U.S. Uh, will never forget. Edward Snowden publicly announced that he had leaked classified information from the National Security Agency and fled the country. He flew to Hong Kong after leaving his job at the NSA facility in Hawaii and then later moved on to Moscow, where he remained at the time of this podcast. 
He said the reason he leaked the documents was because he believed that privacy rights of U.S. citizens were being violated. He said in his own words, my sole motive is to inform the public as to that which is done in their name and that which is done against them. But almost immediately, intelligence officials began to sound the alarm, saying the leaked documents were a virtual roadmap for all of the U.S.'s enemies and adversaries. Series of weeks Barely and three months later, the, the on September 12, 2013, that Mike Rogers, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee at the time, made a remark at a public meeting that set off alarm bells around the world. And by the way, we have already seen one Al-Qaeda affiliate completely change the way it, uh, it does business, which means we have a, now have a gap in our ability to try to stop something bad from happening. Uh, and it is, uh, as has been described by senior intelligence officials, significant and irreversible. So we have just built in now, because uh, we think it's fun to put this in the newspaper, uh, and I think irresponsibly on some of these issues, uh, we, we have a gap. And it's, what's frustrating to us is our job was to try to find ways we could to close the gaps in our intelligence, working with our intelligence communities, that we knew existed prior to 9-11. Well, these, these programs, some of these programs that the which they talk about, fills those gaps. Well, guess what? Those gaps are back. And if we think for one minute that people don't perceive that when there is a gap that they won't take advantage of it, we are absolutely fooling ourselves. Neither Rogers nor any other member of the intelligence community ventured to further explain with details what he was getting at. But now we believe we know. The deputy director of the National Security Agency tells us because of the Edward Snowden leaks, terrorists and other very bad characters have made changes in the way they communicate and NSA has actually caught them talking about it. The information that uh, Snowden leaked uh, caused immediate risk and long-term risk to the, um, to the safety of, uh, of Americans around the world um, and our friends and allies. We track uh, through our intelligence sources um, people who talk about, hey, uh, you know, I've, I've seen this stuff that's been published about what NSA does, and I'm concerned about it because now I'm vulnerable, so I need to change the way that I communicate. We've seen targets talk about that uh, to the, in, the, in the high hundreds, close to a thousand targets who've done that. You mean bad people? Yeah, yeah, people who are, who are legitimate foreign intelligence targets uh, of the United States. Um, and so... Um, they have said, I need to change my, uh, my, the way that I communicate in order to avoid uh, being detected by NSA. And a lot of them have actually done that. And that includes um, terrorist groups, including um, uh, at least one terrorist group that was actively engaged in operational pl plans directed against the United States. That, we believe, is what Mike Rogers was talking about on September 12th of 2013. So to connect the dots, Rogers said they had detected an Al-Qaeda affiliate that had changed the way in which they were communicating to avoid detection. Connect that with what Leggett said on February 18th, 2016, the date of our interview, which was they've seen close to a thousand U.S. intelligence targets talking 
about changing their communications habits to avoid detection, including one terror group. That means it was most likely an Al-Qaeda affiliate planning an attack on the U.S. or some U.S. interest or U.S. persons that got a hold of some of the information from the Snowden leaks and thought it prudent to go dark. The changing of the tactics, one source told me that this whole scenario produced essentially a virtual university for people that wanted to, quote unquote, go to school on the U.S. Mm -hmm. You agree with that? I do. Could you expound on why? Well, I think uh, a couple of things. One, uh, I think people find the, the things that we do interesting. Um, it makes for good stories. Um, I think also um, it, there are people who look at this as a, as a um, threat to them, a uh, threat to their ability to be anonymous and do the things that they need to do. So, so think of people who want to hide from the authorities, so terrorists, um, narco-traffickers, people smugglers, people who are evading sanctions around the world uh, directed against uh, other countries, um, foreign spies. Uh, so lots and lots of interest in uh, people like that in, in not being seen by us. The same for um, foreign militaries or foreign governments that are unfriendly uh, to the United States. So, you know, we, we track um, the activities of, uh, of those governments and their militaries and the things that they do to provide information to support U.S. policymaking and to support um, U.S. Uh, uh, military operations and plans. And so those people are all interested in hiding their activities from our ability to detect them. After the leaks, how much damage was done to NSA itself? Not the whole picture, but... NSA. First off, you know, if your if your job is to provide intelligence, it's it's not helpful to have um, some of the ways that you do that, um, you know, available to anybody in the world who chooses to know. Um, that's that's a that's that makes your job uh, that much harder. Um, there. Um, you know uh, the initial effect on the on the workforce here. Um, initially, there was some. Uh, actually, it was it was it was almost disbelief that some of people would believe some of the things that were said in the paper because the early the early reports, actually a lot of the reports, um, uh, you know, took something that they thought was um, was factual and then would draw lots of extrapolations and conclusions that weren't true and imputed uh, bad motives to to the folks here. Um, you know, the people that work here. They're normal people. They're like the people that you know, live in your neighborhood. You know your yeah, relatives. Right. Um, they uh, they they you know believe in in America. They believe in the Constitution. They come to work. They want to do a good job. They believe that they're protecting the nation. And to read these horrible things that were that were uh, imputed to them by some of the articles was actually pretty hurtful. Um, and, and it took folks a little while to get over that. I'd call that probably a couple, three months uh, to sort of to sort of get used to that. And, and you know, um, we had people who said, is this true? Because some of, not all of our people are in the core of the business that was uh, talked about in the press. And so we had to outreach to them and say, you know, show them what was true. This right. is true. This is not true. Um, uh, within the, the intelligence community, NSA has always had the um, the reputation of being extremely rule following, more so than almost anybody else in the IC. Yeah. But I don't mean to to imply that they're you know breaking rules, but we're very strict about our compliance and oversight activities because. The, everybody recognizes the sensitivity of what we do in SIGIN, in the Foreign Intelligence Mission, 
that's electronic surveillance. That's really sensitive stuff. And so we have to follow the rules exactly and precisely. And we've got a really strong culture of compliance. And when, like, one of our compliance documents was talked about in the press and completely mischaracterized, um, it was, again, a little shocking. But folks are back on track now, and we understand the environment that we're in. So, after the Snowden leaks, what's the process now? How are you going to prevent that from happening again? Is, is, is there potentially another Snowden in your system someplace? Anytime you share information with anybody else, there is always a potential for insider threat. And so um, that's just a fact of life. Uh, the only way to not do that is don't tell anybody the information, which means the information is basically useful or useless if you can't tell anybody about it. And so what we do is we take actions to, um, to manage uh, the risk. And so try to um, um, decrease the amount of time between an insider threat action and its detection and decrease the amount of um uh, of information the person could get undetected. And so, so we do, uh, we, we have a very good, um, insider threat, uh, um, prevention program. It's actually perhaps a model uh, uh, for others now that revolves around uh, personnel security policies, information security policies, and um, uh, technical um, security policies. And so all those things we have spent a lot of time and attention on. So is is the risk zero? Absolutely not. Anyone who tells you the risk of insider threat is zero is not telling you the truth. Since the Edward Snowden leaks, NSA has continued about its core mission, which is twofold, targeting foreign communications and information to provide decision advantage to U.S. leaders. The other is information assurance, protecting U.S. networks from the same sort of activity. But in today's rapidly evolving communications environment, keeping up with that change is a bigger challenge than NSA has ever faced. So it's adopted something called NSA 21 to ripped out how it plans to retain its self-described crown as the world's preeminent foreign signals intelligence and information assurance organization. It looks at systems, people, and doctrine. The, the global telecommunication system is the most complex system ever designed by man, and there are lots of people around the world who are making changes to it every day because of the way that it's distributed and, and done in, uh, in lots of different places in the world. And so we have to keep up with that. And considering the technology leaks and a more connected planet has emboldened U.S. adversaries and enemies, Legit says NSA has to make the NSA 21 vision work at all costs. If you think about it, we have to bet on VHS, not bet on Betamax. We have to pick iPod, not Zoom. So we have to get that right in order to provide those services, both foreign intelligence and network defense for the nation. And coming up on our next program. There are many pressing national security challenges that confront us today. David Cohen, Deputy Director of the Central Intelligence Agency, sits down for an expansive look at the state of U.S. national security from the CIA's perspective. One of the one of the realities of the time we live in is that it's a very complex world, uh, and there are a number of of urgent challenges. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA.